Oh. Got away, guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're good. No, are, are our voices good? They actually sound pretty good. I think we. Okay. I didn't. I didn't change it from last time. And last time sounded pretty good. So okay. I'm just gonna leave it. It doesn't sound great when you shake the table. Oh hi! I didn't see you there. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Categorical Oracle. <laughs> <laughs> I've been planning that for days. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, hi, welcome to Categorical Oracles, uh, the podcast where we pit our organizational skills against the disorder of the modern world. In every episode, we are challenged to organize a themed list of people, places, and or things uh, using carefully crafted categories. We've conducted our category prep cloistered away from one another and come prepared to delight, shock, and dominate our fellow oracles with our organizational prowess Let's get rolling. Uh, my name is Kelly Condity, and with me are... Andrew Crawford. Mary Johnson. Copycat. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> today we are going to talk about some wacky fan theories. Although mm. I'm not really sure they're wacky as much as they are just fan theories. Some Popular are... <laughs> fan theories. Yes. Some board on being terrible. Some <laughs> So there's that. Some are real terrible. Yeah. Fan theories yeah. of Reddit. Yeah. So, Mary, did you have anything to talk about? With your... <laughs> well, thank you for that seamless intro. <laughs> yes, this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart um, because I have just created in my own buzzy brain my own fan theory, um, which has increased uh, the joy of watching the television show, hit television show Cheers. I have come to the conclusion that the proprietor of Cheers, Sam Malone, sorry, is a serial killer. <gasps> and I have this theory because he's kind of has that 80s alpha male Ted Bundy predatory <laughs> thing going on and all the Cheers patrons are like Sam always gets the girl no woman can resist Sam because they're dissolving in a vat of acid in his house <laughs> and you never see them again they're usually only in it for one episode and he like goes on a date and then they never come back with the notable exception of Diane Chambers, who... Well, okay, uh, but I have a theory about oh, that. good. So good. Diane is his Clarice Starling, who knows about <laughs> his serial killing ways and is fascinated and a little titillated by it. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the actor that plays Sam Malone? Oh, uh, Ted Goddamn Danson. Ted oh, Danson sorry. on the ceiling. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think Ted Danson's going to come and, like, come to your house and, like... God, I wish. I think he's going to come to my house and be like, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) I also think that maybe uh, Sam Malone's the Zodiac Killer. I thought Ted Cruz was the Zodiac Killer. Ted Cruz is the Zodiac Killer. Maybe they, like, switched off weekends. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. uh, Sam Malone is a serial killer. I really highly recommend if you watch an episode of Cheers, just keep that in the back of your brain. And uh, there are lots of moments. (laughs) There are lots of moments every episode where you're like, yee! (laughs) Yeah. Carla's like, what are you going to do to him tonight, Sam? And Sam's like, oh, I've cooked up a little something. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, lady, run, 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 please. Hmm. All right. Well, on that note, let's dive into our fan theories. Yeah. Uh, so you may be wondering, what order are these in? They're not. <laughs> uh, so our first theory. Random. Yeah, they're yeah. just random. Grab bag. First theory is that Frozen's Elsa and Anna... Anna, Anna, whatever, are Tarzan's sisters. And the reason why this was uh, this theory that came about because their parents are shipwrecked 
and the audience is left to think that they died at sea. However, one of the co-directors, Jennifer Lee, has said that, according to her co-director friend, Chris Buck, that they didn't die on the boat, um, that they got washed up on a shore in a jungle island, the queen gives birth to a baby boy, they build a treehouse, and then they get eaten by a leopard. Um, And then to add a little bit of extra zhuzh to this theory, uh, Buck also directed Disney's Tarzan. Mm. Hmm. Question. Mm. Um, Is it a fan theory if the director makes it up, or is that just a bunch of bullshit? Uh, The the director, director, I guess, can be a fan of his own work. work. (laughs) I mean, you kind of He's like, I'm a big fan. I might be the only fan. Okay, here's the thing. Yeah. I literally, every time I have to wake up early to do anything, like, you know, drive a great distance, just getting up early for work stuff, whatever, Mm. listen to a Phil Collins mega mix while I get ready. Literally every time. And even I don't care about Tarzan. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think very many people do. No. And I think that this is Buck trying to capitalize on the extreme popularity of Frozen by connecting it to Tarzan incredibly superficially. Um, So I have called this Coattails as Old as Time. <laughs> yeah. uh, I uh, I had a similar thought process, but because uh, again, I feel like in this case, there are a few instances in which you see a director retroactively, retroactively say, "Hey, this is this is definitely this is definitely what happened." This crazy uh, scheme of mine, and I feel like the to best articulate that concept, I chose the category "Director's Cut It Out." <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say that in a punchy way. <laughs> I kind of debate it because it doesn't. Uh, I'm really upset yeah. that you didn't do the hand motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's well, it's directors cut I, it out. I'm frankly horrified, or not horrified, very upset that I can't really apply this one to Full House, yeah. which pops up later in the list. Mm, yeah, that's because it's too nuts. Um, <laughs> well, I respectfully like my category better because it has a Disney tie-in. I, I think. Um, I mean, here's the thing. Yeah. But is that broadly applicable? Yes. All right. Well, in then, this uh, list? In this, yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> I guess, uh, sure. All right. Go crazy. Kelly, what are your thoughts? Basically, I've, all of my theories are like, nerds. Yeah. Ba- nerds. Going, going through this list, I think it needs to be said at this point. Every category we give is a subcategory <laughs> for the top level category, which is Okay, nerds. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Whatever you say, nerd. It's uh, okay. Nice. All right, so we said coattails as old as time. I think that's a fair, fair assessment. All right. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so our next theory is that Breaking Bad is the Walking Dead prequel, yeah. uh, which I find is a very weak argument, but I will let you know what they are. So the most plausible sign, they say, is that... Uh, that Breaking Bad is a prequel of Walking Dead is that um, there is blue meth in both series. Um, also that there is a janky little white guy who Daryl quotes as saying unseen I would assume? Yeah. And Daryl says that he says bitch a lot. <laughs> that's what I that's what I focused on. Yeah. And so Jesse Pinkman says bitch a lot and he also is kind of a janky white little guy. That's just cool. Um, and then, you know, there's a red sports car, and there's characters named Glenn. That's it. There's characters I, named Glenn. I mean, that, there's like five connecting points, which, uh, I mean, that's a decent chunk. Uh, Compared to some of these, that's actually pretty thorough. Men named you gotta Glenn. you got to give that. Yeah. Mm. 
How many men are named Glenn? <laughs> How on. many Glens are there in the world? Don't. I narrowed in, particularly on the piece of evidence that is, quote-unquote, a penchant for saying bitch, which the author of this adorably put as B and then dashes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it has to be the weakest evidence ever put forth for anything ever. Um, and I'm calling it perhaps known as, if the epithet fits, it's legit defense. <laughs> um I mean, like, this is gross because it's clearly just a watery attempt on the part of whoever is in charge of The Walking Dead and perhaps AMC to connect two shows together. Um, I mean, I, I, it stinks It stinks of money and I don't like it. Don't approve. It also just stinks of stupid. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I actually think yeah. the blue meth is the only part of it that is kind of fun, but are they implying that the zombies are caused by the blue meth? There is that is an aspect of it. I think honestly they just had a prop and like, how many how many how much prop how meth many bags do you of have? meth yeah. do you have? Do we AMC? need in the world? God. It's like it's like how they to recite another fan theory how people speculated that somehow um, Mayberry was a part of the Star Trek from in the end Griffith show was yeah. a part of Star Trek universe because they go to a town that is literally the set of Mayberry because it's Ugh. the only old small town set. Uh, they no, have. that's yeah. also because Roddenberry so would. <laughs> Roddenberry, I'm sure, was just like, it's old timey. Any yeah. excuse to get someone in a bowler. <laughs> Put that hat on Spock. Oh my God, that reminds me of the weirdest thing I've ever encountered ever. Uh, so when I was working at the library, I was walking through the stacks one day and I came across uh, something caught my eye, a little, a little blue volume. Uh, I can't remember if it was the poems of Star Trek or poems inspired by Star Trek, <laughs> but that was the conceit. It was a series of poems written... Uh, inspired by uh, Star Trek and one of them I, I sort of got this is such a I had to find it and put it in the show notes but literally the conceit of it is that uh, Spock is a gentleman living in the 20th century with as a Vulcan a uh, woman in Vermont fall, finds him falls in love with him the author of the poem uh, she makes him into a human by getting his ears clipped letting his hair grow along and having to wear a hat typical of a Vermont farmer and they become Vermont farmers it's the most twisted erotic piece of erotica I've ever encountered. Two questions, two questions. Yes. Can you describe our faces, number one? Oh, I wish I could. <laughs> At the yeah. top, yeah. I, I, I have to know. These questions yeah, must be answered. Go ahead. Did she get his ears clipped like a Doberman pinch? You know, I, I think literally... <laughs> Did she go to a vet for that procedure? It, it was a poem, so they didn't go to extensive narrative discussion, but there was basically, I think the implication was just clipped was as far as they went. Wow. Yeah. Doesn't the hat cover the ears is my fault. I mean, <laughs> wasn't that needlessly cruel? We know that a headband does. Anyway, um, that's a thing that I will find because... I think that's very worth your time. Yeah. Well, anyway, I called this um, as a little send-up to Clueless, which is a great movie full of great lines. I'm calling this a full-on Monet. <laughs> Maybe it looks okay from a distance. Maybe that blue meth makes a little bit of sense, but up close is a big old mess. <laughs> Fair. That's fair. I, uh, I, I, I start off again with the director's cut it out. Because, I mean, again, this is, this is the, yeah, somebody but in charge. But it could be a producer. It could. It but could be the studio. But producer's cut is not a thing. <laughs> it should be. It, it should be like a cut of meat you can get. The producer's <laughs> producer. <laughs> and it's Matthew Broderick. You have to pay more ass. money and you have almost <laughs> nothing to do, nothing to say about how your meat gets cut. Yeah, as the producer of this show, uh... Mm. I appreciate that, I guess. I gave this a, a just an, oh, come on. <laughs> That's yeah. what was my... That's fair. All right. From the gut, you really felt it. Yeah, yeah. guys, there, have, yeah. there can only be one. 
Uh, I think Mary, you really you, you are passionate. I, you I are could feel it. So let's let's, uh, let's, let's I'm, pa- I'm passionate about Clueless. I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. I'm let's let's. Uh, All right, it give is you this a one full too, on yeah. Monet. All right. All right. The next fan theory is brought to us by uh, Sarah Michelle Geller, uh, which is that Sandy died in the beginning of Greece. So you know, at the end of the movie. They fly off in the red convertible, if you have never seen the movie. Sorry, spoiler. Should have said that first. Um, and then they waved to all their friends. Bye, bye-bye. And then, uh, so they kind of, the implication is that it's a fantasy. And uh, in the song Summer Nights, they recount how they Summer met. loving, sorry. Get it right, pay the price. I think it's called Summer Nights. Mm-hmm. I will Google while you continue. Mm-hmm. So... In this song that has summer in the title, Danny and Sandy recount how they met each other. And in the... You're right, in Summer Nights. Oh, see. Mm. So good. They're so good at those. So good at reading. And in in the song, they have a line... shade. (laughs) They have a line that's, I saved her life, she nearly drowned. And this theory posits that she did drown, and it's all just a big old dream because she didn't have any oxygen in her brain. Like a fever death panic reaction, which I'm pretty sure scientifically is like... Mm. I don't think that's true. Would she imagine... Would she imagine side character plot lines <laughs> in her final <laughs> dying moments? Yeah. I do like this theory overall. I think the specter of death does hang mm-hmm. over this movie. Um, you have beautician heaven. You have teenage drag races. And uh, you have a little piece of my feminist heart that dies every time uh, Sandy puts on those, <laughs> gets sewn into those black pants at the end <laughs> for her man. Hmm. Um, hey, but there's a really scary guy with acne scars. Yeah. He's probably like 45 in that movie. <laughs> he also was probably like, this is just my face, guys. I'm not, I'm not, a I'm not scary. I wish that this theory was different. Um, mostly I wish, I mean, like, I like it. I mostly wish that it was different in the sixth sense category <laughs> where she does not realize she's dead but everybody else does. everybody else knows she's mm. dead yeah guys settle in for a minute <laughs> i've got some thoughts get to cozy. share take get a cozy sip. because take a, take a i uh, i have some thoughts so like you may i feel like this I, something about this theory speaks to me i, I hear it and i'm like okay that, that that makes sense in a way that i'm willing to uh, entertain entertain <laughs> but then i thought to myself andrew doesn't make any sense because they're what about Greece too? No. So I was like, well, she's not in Greece too. I, exactly. But her cousin is in Greece too, if it, you recall. Okay. So Greece too exists. Sandy's cousin comes to the same town like six years later, and all the sweat hogs are like the lamest people <laughs> ever. But one person remains from Greece. Frenchie. Frenchie's the killer. Frenchie. No, no, no. <laughs> Here's the thing. If why, we, why is everybody the killer? Frenchie's the what I'm actually positing is much bigger than that. Oh I pause it. Okay. Bigger so let's let's Frenchie take. She killed Sandy in Australia. God, God <laughs> damn it! Come on, this is serious. Okay, kidding. Not that serious. Anyway, um, okay. Let's take for let's take an assumption that in fact Sandy did die, and Greece one is her fever dream as she fades away. Okay. Sandy, you're a weirdo. So <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. Let, but that, let's just take that as an assumption for truth. Now, in Greece two. Sandy's cousin moves to this town, who is British, not Australian, which is weird. 
he is he is british not australian whatever nitpicky i don't actually like greece that much i just seem to know a lot you do of, like greece too, i do though, love greece too which i think is why we're getting this exactly uh, this this, this uh, odyssey this odyssey and the only person who who greets him the only reason you know in fact that he is sandy's cousin is that fringy says oh hey yeah well, it's, it's me your, your, your friend your cousin sandy was my friend now if you take that as the truth was my friend yeah was my friend she's not there anymore I think Frenchie's a magical creature. <gasps> that was, would actually, okay, was, that's the, yeah, yep, yep. Who yep. was born out of the mind of Sandy, who is thus also a magical creature. Oh my God, is she a Jiminy Cricket? Maybe. I was going to try to stretch it into uh, Sandy is also the muse from the film Xanadu, played by Levi Newton-John, but that's a bit, it kind of falls apart there, but I do think that Frenchie is a magical beast. I think she's a Jiminy Cricket. I love it. All right. I, I love it. What's your category based on this insane theory? My extra category has little to do with my Grease 2 uh, theory, but rather just <laughs> an observation about the... Because I try to stay on, on, on focus okay. with, the, with the theory. My, my category is Jacob's Elevator, a reference to the film Jacob's Ladder, Ladder, which uh, basically, spoiler alert, Chronicle is the dying vision, a man, a vision is a man dying. Uh, but this is done uh, much with much less effort. So, you know, it's an elevator. It's not stairs. You're not climbing up. You're just kind of casually riding <laughs> without, without working too it's also hard. also a shaky elevator. Can we call yeah. it an escalator instead? Oh, oh, that's better. I do like yeah, that. Jacob Although I have my own category, which I'm not sure is as good as that one. But I have... Or what are the ones at the airport that just kind of... Move? Moving walkway? Yeah. Jacob's, Jacob's moving, moving walkway! <laughs> All right. My category was... Look at me. I'm M. Night Shyamala. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, but I kind of like... I oh, what a night. It's a beautiful night. It's M. Night Shyamala. But look at me. I'm Sandra D. I mean, I yeah, just had it. Yeah, but yeah. I do think that I like uh, Jacob's... <laughs> I, I like Jacob's escalator and I like Jacob's moving walkway. <laughs> Jacob's motorized transport system. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob's golf cart, if you will. <laughs> Well, I mean, Jacob's electric ladder isn't really a thing, unfortunately. Jacob's <laughs> Jacob's step stool. Jacob's Technicolor dream coat. Sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Jacob's car. I like it. All right. Jacob's escalator. Escalator. Escalator is right. I guess I like I think the best. All right. So moving on to what I think is Mary's favorite theory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is that Jack from Titanic is from the future. Um. And so the reason why people speculate that is because uh, they think he came back in time to stop Rose from committing suicide because that would delay the short ship's course because they'd have to stop to look for her. And then, they... and then it might not, uh, and then the, the ship might not crash and that would alter the course of history. And some of the signs that they gave are that um, his haircut and backpack weren't common in that time. <laughs> And that he man mentions man-made structures that weren't there yet. If so you were a time traveler, he yeah. would have a wetsuit. I'm just saying Man. right now. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody have any categories for it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh worst. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. I, also, I also threw this in a worst. I, uh, I give this a one-off category. Uh, kind of way too specific, but it's uh, quantum leaping to conclusions. <laughs> Because, of course, oh. the conceit of Quantum Leap, the show, is that, uh, you know, the character whose name escapes me embarrassingly. Ooh. I uh, think it's okay for you not to name it. All right. Scott Bakula has to fly back through time <laughs> and make sure everything works out okay. Do you think they ever called him Scooty Backs? I oh. hope. Uh, isn't it weird that so many middle-aged women wanted to have sex with Leonardo DiCaprio when he had a butt cut and was, like, a child? That was a know. thing. That was it's, a cultural moment. Mm. Women were like, ooh. Sociologists can sexy. probably explain that. They're like, when the man 
man's butt is on his head. The woman will be reminded, you know, to look behind him. I mean, <laughs> that guy from the Backstreet Boys, he pulled it off, air quotes. Are you referring to Nick, Nick Carter? Yeah. No, he didn't pull it off. Oh, didn't. Oh, okay. It was really bad. <laughs> Both of us is it. What? <laughs> no. Get what about Aaron straight. Carter? All right. Mm-hmm. I, I do like quantum leaping to conclusions. I think it's a better category, although it doesn't pain me to my soul that we cannot put this as worse. I would agree. Because it's such a terrible, terrible we theory. Can, we can put it in worse and just No, no, no. I think, I think having it stand in its own <laughs> feces, <laughs> in its own category, is just fine. It's just, right. it's just fine. It can go and live in another corner. Mm-hmm. In the stupid corner. All mm-hmm. right. So, our next theory is that Scooby-Doo is about kids. Where are you? Who are you? Have you got some things that you need to get done? Now? You've got some work to do now. I thought I was got some things to do now. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, so Scooby-Doo is about some kids trying to dodge the draft. Uh, so they never really explained, the evidence is that they never really explained that uh, why these really four different people would decide to travel in a van um, to, to no known <laughs> destination. Notice they talk about four dissimilar teenagers don't talk about the dog um <laughs> they're like well the dog may- a, a dog that can kind of talk that's gonna be in a van yeah. <laughs> so the theory posits that fred who's rather clean cut was drafted and that his fiance daphne came along and that shaggy is just a hippie and uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> which really what's needed up, no what's explanation up with, what's up with velma velma's just an activist and she just joined because she opposed the war. Okay, so these are not really kids dodging the draft. It's just Freddie dodging the draft. I like that they were like, the army does not, <laughs> does do not want Shaggy. Shaggy did not pass the drug test. <laughs> That's probably true. But he has a talking dog, which has to have some sort of tactical value, right? Do you want to expand on that, Andrew? Not on that, but... <laughs> okay. So... Spoilers, I don't have a category for this, but I do have an elaborate counter-fan theory that I made up while reading it. All right. <laughs> Let's hear it. Okay. So, I, I hear what you're saying. On the surface, this makes sense. These characters all embody archetypes from the late 60s, particularly the ones who might have a negative opinion of the Vietnam War and the Vietnam War draft. Or could form a groovy band. Uh, exactly. But didn't, weirdly. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Never? They never formed a groovy band? Mm-mm. That seems impossible. Oh, sorry. Anyway. So, you know, obviously, yeah, they look like bad dodgers, but this is the second Scooby-Doo fan theory that I've heard. The one that I've heard that was not necessarily more prominent, but that, that I'm more familiar with, is the idea that uh, this the world they inhabit is basically, uh, has experienced a massive economic meltdown, which explains the, the prevalence of abandoned theme parks, abandoned hospitals, abandoned everything. And uh, criminals who happen to have like PhDs or own bi- owned businesses that failed. Yeah, they did, you know they, these these men have turned to crime, to weird crime, as a result of <laughs> really total, weird crime, total uh, you know economic meltdown and disaster, and uh, you know the collapse of civilization. These characters are clearly of their time. Yes, in an environment that is not the 1969 we know, right? Because right. I mean, things were bad, but it wasn't, you know, a total... It should be important to note that Andrew's not donning a tinfoil hat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, okay, so my thinking is these are not draft dodgers. These are volunteers 
who were conscripted by the MK Ultra program <laughs> as part of an experiment on psychological warfare because nothing they experience makes any goddamn sense and it's the same thing over and over and over again. The exact same premise, different setting. It's just like the movie Dark City where they have the humans in the little city and they keep trying things out to try to discover things about them. And uh, I think this is this is an elaborate experiment, experiment sponsored by the government with four volunteers. Volunteers? And a dog. And a dog. Can the dog volunteer? The dog can be a hallucination. This whole thing's a a mess. Yeah. I did some research on Wikipedia. Ooh. They originally were supposed to be a rock band. (laughs) Guys. Guys. Scored on me. They were supposed to be a a rock band, and they used to be called the Mysterious Five. That was the working title. So what instrument did the dog play? Yeah. Uh, tambourine. <laughs> For uh, real? Uh, no. I, well, I don't think it was ever like decided, but they did fear. They did fear that um, Scooby Doo would be too much like the main character in the com- popular comic strip Marmaduke, which I've never made that connection. <laughs> but you know what? That I would fear that too if I were. That. Wait, just because he's a Great Dane? Uh, and he's orange. <laughs> For some reason. Um, What, Great Danes can only be Marmaduke? (laughs) I I dig this theory. I think it's fun. Um, I would say that it needs to be pushed. I need to know, what are the rubber-masked ghouls lurking in those abandoned amusement parks, mansions, factories uh, supposed to be? Also also volunteers. Are they commies? (laughs) Are they Uncle Sam? Are they manifestations of patriotic guilt? (laughs) I want to go full Freud on this. If only for the ensuing comparisons to all those looming Shaggy and Scoob sandwiches as phallic symbols. <laughs> and because of this, I said the category should be close but no cigar. <laughs> Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. The only thing that I find very true about this theory is that Velma in the 60s definitely was a part of the weather underground. She yes. definitely set a few bombs. That's oh, why she was going to Canada. It's because she set a few bombs and needed to run. Oh, mm. my God. Yes, and that's why she's hanging out with all these dopes. Yeah. She's very well above her company. Yeah. It really shows you how times have changed. Now I think she's sort of the style icon. I would agree. Of the show. What, what, Freddy? <laughs> <laughs> Close but no cigar. Close but no cigar. Our next fan theory is about Rugrats. Uh, and that's that the Rugrats are all figments of Angelica's imagination. Uh, first of all, it states that it's pretty creepy, which mm. it's not. It's just weird and stupid. It's just dumb. <laughs> um, it's a it's it's dark. It's like the it's like the gritty re- reboot nobody needed. Yeah, be like it. He was holding a knife covered in blood. <laughs> version of creepy. Yeah, but also as gritty reboots go, still better than most of the things Christopher Nolan did. Ah! Hey, no arguments from me. Hey. <laughs> all right. So the theory is that uh, Angelica just imagined all of her parents' friends had babies, so she'd have somebody to play with. So uh, Chucky died with his mom, and that's why his father, who I believe is named Chaz, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is. But that's. <laughs> have you seen that man? He's a Chaz, He's a Chaz. through and through. Uh, so that's born why a Chaz. He'll <laughs> die a Chaz. Born, died as he lived a Chaz. <laughs> that's how names work. That's <laughs> most people. Fun fact: most people do that. Well, mm, yeah. except can you imagine Chucky? How old do you think Chucky would be now if he weren't a figment of Angelica's imagination? Still being called Chucky. Oof, like a 27-year-old man named Chucky. Chucky. It's hard to Bright be right a man mm. who has a fire crotch whose name is also Chucky. Mm. Yeah. 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 All right, so uh, 
That's why his dad is constantly nervous. Tommy was a stillborn. <laughs> they're like, they're like, he went through some, some traumatic things. That's why he's nervous all the time. He yeah. never got over it. He's a nervous <laughs> Ned because he doesn't have any family because they all died. <laughs> that makes sense. That's, that makes sense. Oh, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Tommy was a stillborn, leading Stu to make toys for the son he never had. It just ah! sounds like a goddamn Chekhov story. Like, what the <laughs> hell? It's so weird. That actually that part of it is a little bit poetic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Baby shoes never worn. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, <laughs> And uh, the Devilles, <laughs> baby shoes worn once, grew out of them. Sorry, babies <laughs> grow fast. Babies grow. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my baby had Pe- weird feet. People Pinny never shoe, people, shoes. people don't consider that as a possibility for that story. It's like baby shoes never worn. Kid just grew out of them. Babies grow so fast. He's not dead. My baby doesn't wear shoes. My baby don't walk. <laughs> oh. uh, yet, yet, forever. Also, That's I don't fine. have a baby. I have cats. And uh, do they walk? Are they babies? They're my babies, and yes, they do walk. But, good, good on you. But not on two feet. That you know. Cat shoes never worn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> because cats don't wear shoes. What? Because <laughs> your cats were like, oh no, oh, no, 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 oh, oh no, no, no. Oh heavens, no! Can't prance <clears throat> in this. All right, is there more? Is there more to this? Uh, yes, the De- the most the most ridiculous one. <laughs> the Devils had an abortion. And so Angelica didn't know. And they told Angelica. (laughs) And Angelica was there the whole time. (laughs) Angelica didn't know if it was a boy or girl, so she just imagined them as male and female twins. This is some, like... This seems like... Yodorowsky shit, like... (laughs) It's the divine androgyne. (laughs) That that, that actually, yeah, Yeah. maybe. It's kind of rad in its its own way. uh, This seems like a dead baby joke gone wrong. Yeah. It seems like... Four dead baby jokes gone wrong. <laughs> Zing. I think she certainly. I mean, here's here's really where it falls apart. The Rugrats are constantly annoying Angelica. Mm-hmm. She is not really their playmate. She doesn't really like them. I don't. She would have clearly have imagined. I mean, this is true. She would clearly imagine better playmates. And wouldn't they have all looked like Cynthia? <laughs> you think this is the worst? Okay. No, actually, I have a, I have a, a more nuanced take on it. This is what I like to call delusions of Blanger. Because, <laughs> like, she's, yeah, if she imagines it, it's the most boring, dumb, fictional life you can it's have. It's certainly yeah. less interesting than what's actually happening. Yeah. yeah. For <clears throat> a child, I mean, how old is Angelica supposed to be? Uh, Not a baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, four, four, three, four or five. Yeah. Her parents understand her when she talks. So there's that, unlike the other babies who she can understand, but no one else can. I think she's like four or five. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So a four or five year old is aware of, of abortion and uh, the well, fact that her friend. If you tell her. <laughs> <laughs> if you sit her down and explain exactly. Hey, I'm your parents' friend. <laughs> Let's talk this about that. This is the most normal life. thing in the world. Uh, All right. Weird. She is a year older than Chucky. Oh. Help. So there you go. Helpful. Okay. Which, I mean, since he doesn't exist, so would she, like, also not exist? Is that the implication? The, impli- the equation is Angelica <laughs> equals Chucky plus one. <laughs> oh. C plus one equals A. <laughs> also, clarity is so forthcoming. Oh, yeah. You just need algebra. That's All right. Algebra. So, so yeah. when it started, she was two and a half. Oh. And in 2017, she is our contemporary, 29. 
Hmm. Mm, speak for yourself, oldie. I'm not 29. Mm, I'm younger Kelly's, than you. Kelly is actually younger than me. Hmm. Okay, I love delusions of Blanger as a category. Well, that's thank you. Hilarious. Yes. Delusions of Blanger. I agree. Right. I think that's what it has to be. Great. What do we got next? Uh, the peddler in Aladdin is actually the genie. What? <laughs> what? Tell me more. <laughs> I did listen, I, I watched like a clip of someone explaining this theory and the guy misidentified the camel the guy jumped off as a donkey and I <laughs> have never been more like just like, um, um, I thought about leaving a YouTube comment about it and it was that, I had such a weird reaction to it. Um, but I was, I was like, you need, you need to go back to learning some animals. Get some brown bear, brown bear, what do you see? And, and, and figure it out because you're not seeing a donkey. It's not a donkey. No. <laughs> That's a camel. Uh, so evidence is that the peddler had four fingers, as did the genie, and both were voiced by Robin Williams. And <laughs> they were like, the evidence is that there are four fingers. Also, they are the same guy. <laughs> uh, so this might not shock you, Mary, that this is confirmed true. And there was a cut scene that showed the peddler as the genie, but it was because of time. Okay, how on earth? I don't know. How on like I, I mean. It, I think actually this is actually a pretty fun theory. Yeah. Um, especially after I revisited it. I do think that this is, especially the fingers thing, it's like, guys, guys, just add up the fingers. It's like Duplo, it's like Duplo the Shining fan theories for children, like fan theories for children. It's count them four. Oh, I like oh. that idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's just an intro. It's an introduction to conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, just add up the fingers. How many men were on that grassy knoll? How, <laughs> How many, many fingers? <laughs> grassy knoll. Yeah. Can you count to four? Good. And you can ultra. You can do this conspiracy theory. Yeah. Yeah. Can you count to four? Steel beams can't melt. My <laughs> jet fuel. <laughs> Can you count to four? MK Ultra killed John Benet Ramsey. <laughs> All great fan theories. <laughs> um, One, so two, three, four. I uh, I realized I didn't realize that uh, they'd shot a scene that kind of undermines my categorical recommendation, which was that uh, uh, the category was dream a little dream for me because. It seems like the fans thought up, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, cool, cool." Yeah, let's do it. No, no, no. We get to that later oh. in this list for sure. Oh, okay, yeah. well. Mm. Oh, I have some. I have some saucy things to say <laughs> later about whoa creator who does exactly that thing. Ooh. Yeah. <clears throat> Carry on. So um, I, I kind of have to guess. Uh, abstain. I think it's best. Yeah, it's best. I think this is a good theory. Yeah, I mean, a... it actually does, and especially if. I don't know if either of you watch it, but I did, and it is like good because it clearly states like this was in the past. Explains why he has a lamp. He does. He even has like the little like soul patchy goatee flippy thing. I mean, it, it's it's well done. Is it a theory then if it's just true? Uh, well, I kind I, of I feel like it's like a discovered it's fact. Like a, it's a fan yeah. fact, not a fan. It's theory. a fan fact, but it's I, but I, I think it's, it's a the fan best. theory the way that gravity is a theory. And we like have, it's a thing, but it, you know it's, we have a fan fact later on. Oh, yeah? That is not great. Yeah. So I feel like this fan fact is legitimately great. Okay. And sure. should should deserve best. I accept best. Let's do uh, best. No. Why not? Okay. Uh so our next one is also a Pixar. Disney Pixar. It's Pixar. Uh that Nemo was an imaginary device and or dead. Ooh. Uh and it's he was created to help Marlon come to terms with his wife's slash his death. I love that because it's like, it's like, 
Nemo doesn't exist at all. Or maybe he's also dead and he's just a way for you to get over another dead person. You're like, wouldn't he just be grieving both? Yeah. No. Wouldn't you grieving the thousand oh. children that he lost? <laughs> and particularly this theory calls out the five stages of grief that, yes. what, what's the dad's name again? Uh, Marlin. Marlin. That seems confusing for a fish, but okay. That Wait, is it it's a different kind Martin of Martin or Marlin? Marlin. It's Marlin. I, yeah. Yeah. The the wife's name was also something. My, my, my name is <laughs> uh, my name is Samuel Andrew Orangutan Crawford. So it's, <laughs> it's perfectly reasonable. We <laughs> named after other, other types so of animals good. that are similar to you. Um, yeah. So once upon a time, his wife's name was Coral. Oh, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mary, your middle name is Rock, so that's okay. Like it's, it's not too wild, but. It's just, oh. so Mary cool. Rock Johnson. It's kind of actually an awesome. <laughs> that is kind of an. Awesome I think name. you guys know your first child's middle name rock. kelly rock johnston i just imagine you're naming him after me him or her it does it does make Kelly's me a strong name. it does make me think that our child would grow up to be the kind of person who only owns sheets that are black or red which disturbs me i don't like that at all um you know, once upon a time guys i wanted to be an english professor and just reading this theory and almost pulling a face muscle due to all the eye rolling I did during it <laughs> reaffirms that me not following that crew path was a great, great choice. <laughs> I cannot, having doughy literary tropes mashed with butchered psychological models and then presented so proudly makes me gag. I, I just, I can't. I cannot. Uh, Kubler-Ross, the person who posited and put forth the five stages of grief says that her biggest regret professionally is that she laid it out in a linear fashion because people do exactly this and uh doesn't speak highly for it hmm. it's kind of like how the guy who invented k-cups is really sad about all the waste mm. <laughs> yeah shouldn't have invented those k-cups i don't think that uh cooper ross was like wildly rich though <laughs> also um, the guy who invented k-cups once had to go to the er because he had caffeine poisoning because he drinks like 60 cups of coffee a day hmm. he's like it's just so easy these little pods <laughs> it's like i just love it this is the so best i just chew on them after a while it's great i called this <laughs> i called this close but no cigar because of the psychological connection mm, okay. once again yeah and uh yeah mostly that mostly that i don't actually think it comes close to anything resembling sense I had called it Delusions of Blanger because it's in, in a very cold twist because it does imply that Marlin's uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome is a bit boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Oh, oh God. It Who just, cares uh, about this? Sorry, fish. Uh, I like I like Delusions of Blanger. I like Delusions of Blanger. <laughs> Especially mm -hmm. since it kind of gets at the heart of the fact that they're like, maybe he doesn't exist at all. Or maybe he's also dead. No, we don't know. We just gotta find him. It could be a little bit of everything. At the end of Finding... I've only seen Finding Nemo once. At the end of Finding Nemo, he finds Nemo, right? Yes. <laughs> he does. So, well, what happens at the end of Finding Nemo is he finds Nemo. And then Nemo gets taken... I mean, not like taken in a Liam Neeson sense, but he he disappears. <laughs> oh my he's... god! Oh I mean, my isn't that god. basically the conceit of the entire movie that he gets taken Liam Neeson taken style, and then Marlon has to go save he him? He does get put in a fish tank at one yeah. point. That's I, I thought he kind of I don't know I don't remember the beginning, but he goes back off to school, and his dad just lets him go off to school, uh. and he was very upset about it the first time around. You'd think after, mm. after seeing your son almost die many times, you might be more upset about you it. You might be more clingy. Um, watching your son get washed down a drain. Ugh, wow. He's like, I have a particular set of skills, 
and those particular set of skills are going to manifest themselves by the linear five stages of grief. <laughs> I have a particular set of skills, namely profound anxiety. <laughs> I have a particular set of skills, the most of which is being a fish. <laughs> I will get you wet. Guys, I really, I really wanted to make this. I really wanted to make a crazy fan theory about this, but it just it didn't it didn't it's, come together. It's just I, I also didn't care enough. But I think my here's here's where I wanted to land. Here's some potential, because I, I tried to reverse engineer it. Yeah. Uh, potential fan theory concept number one. Uh, this is actually a prequel for uh, for 2000 is going to see, and Nemo the fish is the inspiration behind Captain Nemo the person. Obviously, didn't make that one happen. Is he like much. a is he like a silky yeah, like does no, he become kind of, no 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 no. Nemo the it, it's like it's like he's the inspiration for Nemo the person. Again, <laughs> he's there's a, a reason, spiritual predecessor for Nemo. There's the a reason person. that one didn't pan out. Eh, the other one is that. <laughs> That, this fish is a yeah. I can. <laughs> the other one is that um, Nemo is a construction Marlin put together not as a grief management assistance, but as a symbolic gesture of the, the death of the Great Barrier Reef. <laughs> <laughs> oh, from his wife named Coral. I feel like yeah. my eyes are turning yeah. into swirls right yep. now, and I'm like, it's all making Here's sense. Actually, Marlin's lost, and Nemo finds him. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I didn't realize his wife's name was Coral. That theory might actually make perfect sense. Wee-oo, wee-oo. Oh, gonna put on my tinfoil hat and get back to business. Type this one up. <laughs> All right, if you were to make a tinfoil hat, yeah, what kind of hat would it be? Mm. Well, you shouldn't make tinfoil hats because that just amplifies the signals from your brain. Come on. Oh, from my brain? Yeah. If Shit. you don't know what kind of aliens we're dealing with or Bigfoots, we <laughs> might need one. <laughs> Bigfoots. Please, uh, Sasquatch. Sasquatches. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's lots of options. I, I think I would make a tinfoil fez. Mm. A fez. I would think I would want to make like horns, like a big old intimidate. Viking. Oh, yeah. Viking yeah, horns. Yeah, Viking helmet. That's a great question. I mean, there's just so many hat options. I can I tell you what I imagine you wearing? Please. A tinfoil top hat. Yeah, that's what I was tip my tongue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is it like what kind of? Is it like a really tall is it a stovepipe? No, 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 no. Not nothing ostentatious. Okay. Just something, a simple. Something a, you wear to the opera. Yeah, a simple man's tinfoil top hat. <laughs> Simply a man's tinfoil top hat. Yeah. Um, All right, that satisfied it. Fez. <laughs> a fez is an interesting choice. I like it. Yeah. That'll be on next week's episode. Yeah, next week's episode, you'll hear us crinkle. Because, <laughs> like, imagine, like, all the, the tinfoil ribbons that would make up the, the fringe. But mm-hmm. think about if a fez doesn't cover much of your brain, it doesn't matter because a tinfoil hat doesn't actually do anything. What? It just makes me feel better. <laughs> mm. Sort of a warm blanket. A tinfoil beret would that... be just does not make sense to uh, my brain. Tinfoil beret. <laughs> I can fix my eyeliner in it. Um, <clears throat> all right. Our next uh, fan theory is that uh, from that 70s show, Eric, the main character, I suppose, was in a coma for half of the show. Uh, the reason why they say that is because uh, it's crazy not linear, I guess, which is kind of fair if you've seen that show. Um, and that in one episode, Eric goes to, there's a tornado and Eric goes to pick up his girlfriend, Donna, and, uh, they talk about, you know, in the show, he gets her and they're all fine. It's fine. But in another scene, you hear from the radio that, uh, the warning was lifted and that a local teen is in critical condition. And so somebody is speculating 
that Eric was that teen, and that the rest of the seasons are about him trying to deal with his uh, dying. And then he comes back at the last episode to say goodbye, and that's because he's actually saying goodbye, because he's dying. Dear fan theory conceiver, what <laughs> happened to you? <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> We can find him on Reddit. I don't know I, if I really want to. I know, it's cool. Um, yeah. I did not realize that that 70s show had this sort of fan. I thought that that 70s show was hotel TV mm-hmm. in a simpler pre-House Hunters world. <laughs> and then, like, literally, I feel like you could pick up any episode and watch it, and you would basically know what's going on, and you'd be fine with it. I, I cannot believe that people are that upset about Timelines, the non-linear nature. They're like, but in one episode, Hyde got a haircut, and then the next episode, he doesn't have the haircut anymore. It was more like there are multiple holiday episodes in one year. Like there's two Christmases. Okay. God. Okay, that's weird. That's really weird. I mean, that's just dumb. But to be fair, they did date it by the stickers that are on the back of the car in the oh in the opening Mm. in the opening. Mm. I the multiple ho- like there are multiple Christmas episodes in one year. I, well, it just spans over two years. That's not that weird. Yeah, or you know, like, I don't know. Maybe they just had multiple Christmas episodes. Guys, this is the worst. This is this terrible. Is the worst. This is a nightmare. Um, I <laughs> this is a nightmare. I called this. You're nobody till somebody loves you because I cannot <laughs> believe that nobody that anybody loves that '70s show this much. <laughs> There's so how many comments? There are 78 comments on this. Theory. No. There are three years ago. There are only seventy. <laughs> there are only seventy comments. It's the entire uh, fan base. Yeah. Yeah. I. I would be okay with putting this in the worst. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. Right. I just feel so sorry for it. What did you put it as, Andrew? Um. Great question. Uh. Oh, this is Jacob's elevator. Oh. <laughs> or, sorry, escalator, because again, it's... Well, but actually, that's not correct, because it's not a dying vision. No, it is. He's in a coma. Yes, he's in a coma. I think we should Strictly put it Strictly speaking, that doesn't fit, because it's all about, like, the death moment. Maybe a bit of a stickler among categories here. Maybe delusions of Blanger. Maybe just the worst. No, I think it's near nobody till somebody loves you. Okay. If a fan yeah. theory falls in a forest... And nobody cares about it. Does it exist? No. It's a nobody. Well, if it's nobody cared about it, there wouldn't be a fan theory. Find your Nemo. Or don't. Don't watch that 70s show. <laughs> Unless you're in a hotel. Yeah. Proud, right. proud Wisconsin television show. Mm. It's not bad. I'm just surprised. It seems like there's like too much of it. <laughs> you know, like there are shows that you're just like, I'm never going to see all the episodes. There's just, too much of it. I might have seen. No, I cannot have seen. Because I don't remember Eric ever leaving. I was like, I might have seen this. Well, it's like when you. It's it used like to be on ABC Family. Oh, yeah. it's like when you come back to a show you start stop watching like five years ago and it's still on TV and you're like, oh my god, and yeah. it's terrible. And it's called The Big Bang Theory. Ooh. Ooh. I was gonna go with Modern Family, oh. but oh yeah, also terrible. Yeah. Really not great. Anyway. All right. I know they're doing a big. They're doing it's a show called Young Sheldon, and it's oh, about god. young Sheldon. <laughs> uh, I, I'm actually a little surprised they don't have like uh, like. Sheldon, young Sheldon imagining himself in the future and it's not played by that guy. Mm. <clears throat> it might that happen. Seems, that seems like a way of shoehorning him or in in a way that... He'll hit his head and then he'll show up. 
<laughs> or or maybe he'll be like driving somewhere and a tornado will hit and then he'll fall in some water and he'll start to drown and Danny Zuko will not save him and in his dying moments he'll imagine all of the Big Bang Theory <laughs> and then he'll take off in a red Corvette yeah. and then his cousin will come back and meet his imaginary friend who came to life from his dream and when he gets Frenchy. there he meets all the dead babies that he was never friends with because all of his parents friends had abortions, had abortions or <laughs> terrible terrible miscarriages wow Man, we really covered all our bases. Yeah, nice. yeah. We gotta pick a. We gotta pick a category. Oh, um. I thought we said it was your category. Oh, nobody says somebody loves you. Yeah, done. Done. Ooh. All right. What's all right. next? So our next one is that Walter White was Malcolm from Malcolm in the Middle. Not, you know, it's always fun because Brian Cranston. You could say they're both the same person. Mm-hmm. But this theory posits that there are more similarities between uh, the shows than you'd expect, I guess. I don't watch Malcolm in the Middle, so I can't tell you for sure. Um, Malcolm is intelligent and had a knack for chemistry. Mm. But he was also stubborn and manipulative. Mm. Uh, he, <laughs> they also say he'd grow up to look like his father. Sure. <laughs> I mean, his dad is Walter White, <laughs> smoking gun guys. Go home. Um, and they never say Malcolm's surname in the show. Um, and then he also has a special relationship with his grandfather, Walter. Wait, his in Malcolm side. in the Middle, they never announce what their last name is. No, they have like I guess it's like written on a name tag at some point, but it, they never say what his na- last name is. Weird. Hmm. I okay. I like this theory. Yeah. I know that it's nonsense, but it tickles me. Yeah. And I think the reason that I like it is because it's like just enough of a stretch that it's pretty fun. Like it's like connecting things, but it also doesn't have the stink of like money or producers. Yes. I. You're right. There are no producers that... This isn't there's like, nobody who's trying to produce this right now. No, nobody, nobody's making money off this. This isn't like a, this isn't totally like a guys. Guys, Malcolm has been dead the whole time. <laughs> and then he's Walter White and Blue Meth. And Angelica, and all the things yeah, like it, it's it's just it's just like simple and a little bit fun, and it yeah. seems like a flight of fancy, and I like it. Yeah, I'd say that's one of the best. It really it really holds together in a way that I feel is, is tight and respectable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and it also seems restrained. Yes, which yeah. is the ultimate sign that fan theory is going to work out. Well, it's 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 interesting, but it's not ridiculous. Yes, like I like to imagine the world mm-hmm. where such that this could be the case. Yes. Yeah, it also doesn't try to like shoehorn too much in. Yeah, I agree. Say? I think it's one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. Of this of this list at the very <laughs> least, which is the only thing we care about. Yeah. I think it's one of the best. Done. Best. Great. All right. So our next one. Oh god damn it. Yeah. <laughs> is about uh how Willy Wonka killed and sacrificed all of the kids in that movie because uh or it like cabin in the woods style. Okay. Okay. Do you want well, me, did the, in this theory I, particularly? Hold on. I, I do before yeah. we before we go any further. Before the rage is unleashed. <laughs> before before any of that happens. So specifically, this fam noticed that Cabin in the Woods sets out certain archetypes. Yes. That they feel him or her feel match up with the children in. Willy Wonka's uh, Charlie Factory. Charlie's Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I also Willy Wonka. Does he say Willy Wonka? Okay, so it says Willy Wonka. So he's specifically talking about the book. Specifically talking. No, Willy Wonka is um, the movie. Is the movie? Yeah. 
Charlie and Chocolate Factory the book and the horrible movie. It's not Gene Wilder though because she does they don't have squirrels in Gene Wilder's one so they're talking about the Johnny Depp one. Huh. They have golden geese. Gooses, geeses in the Gene Wilder one. Um and then so uh Augustus is is lustful for food which I thought was yeah, entertaining. It, specifically it did label Augustus Gloop as the whore which I feel really uncomfortable <laughs> thinking about. Aww. I feel I feel uncomfortable at anybody being called a whore. Yeah. Um then uh what's the Violet Violet Beauregard is the athlete is the cuz she chews she gum. Cuz she chews gum. That that actually I kind of I was like <clears throat> She's a competitive gum chewer. All right. All right. And then Veruca Salt is the fool because uh, she's spoiled and <laughs> runs amok with squirrels. Well, this is obviously false because she is clearly a bad bitch. And I think that the song I Want It Now should be our battle cry <laughs> going forward with women's reproductive health. Yeah, fair. That's right. We'll get that started. We'll start the sing-along. You heard it here, folks. You heard guys, it here first. Guys, if you ever hear people in Milwaukee singing, I want it now, you know it's probably me and Mary back there. Talking. And Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> talking about accessible, affordable birth control. <laughs> um, and then uh, finally, Charlie is the virgin. Which no, else? no, Mike. Oh, Mike is the scholar because he's a television expert. Oh, God. No. God damn. Also, Mike is, like, disturbing. I have wa- re-watched both movies within the last... Three, four years and when you watch it it's frightening and mike tv is one of the most frightening uh, people he is he does shoot that tv a lot doesn't he he shoots that tv a lot and then in both the book and i believe in the johnny depp version i think they just allude to it in the gene wilder version because mm-hmm. it's the creepiest of all of them um he's all stretched out at the end so he's like a oh, weird oh, yeah. he's I like remember a, that. Yeah, yeah which is very frightening yeah like just uh yeah. So and then and finally Charlie's the virgin yes. because he's pure and innocent and virginal unlike the other children. <laughs> oh, that poor unlike, Augustus Gloop. No. How lucky are we to have Joss Whedon explain literary t- literary criticism to dorks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I man. can I um can I unleash my rage? Yeah. No, are we at that point? Why don't you you let okay. that out? God damn it. <laughs> uh, okay, first off. The the conceit that these children are being punished in ways that reflect their bad personalities is the entire point of the story. Like that's it. It's it, it's 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 not a fan theory to point out that these kids are being punished in ways that reflect their identities. That's the that's everything. Okay. Um, now to then postulate that this is a part of some are sort you, of are you are you telling me that Joss Whedon didn't invent? The concept of contrapasso. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get to that in a bit, actually, in that's my pro- rant. That's probably after lunch, after he invented mm. personification. Anyway. Hey, hey, um, oh, my God. Anyway, so... So, yeah, to, to, to extend this to the idea that this is some sort of sacrificial ritual, it, it's kind of a reasonable-ish theory. It, it kind of makes sense. It's dark. It's scary. These kids in the Gene Wilder movie presumably die or something. There's no clear indication. Um, but then to be like, you know what? It's exactly like Cabin in the Woods. You can go fuck yourself. I'm sorry. That is the dumbest shit ever. Um, because it's it's just not. Uh, and this is how I came to my category. So clearly the, the person proposing this theory is really trying to force the existence of a shared universe between these two films. They didn't make a shared universe. They made a shart universe. <laughs> because it's so disgusting and dumb and bad. Shart universe is my category. I don't... 
This is a hard. I mean, yeah, I, I think I, I think I just called this worst. No, I said this was a full-on Monet. Mm. Um, but I, it, yeah, I like Shard Universe better. Shard Universe. Yeah. Um, I would like to introduce these folks to a little movie called Scream, <laughs> and watch their eyes bleed with the beauty. <laughs> They're like archetypes, ah! and their eyes just pop. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. This is like barely. I don't even know what they're really getting at. It's they're barely like, a theory. They're like, guys, guys, the book is not just random. <laughs> so excited. Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what makes good stories? <laughs> when people are. Pumped, Joss Whedon. You know, Joss Whedon. <laughs> oh, that's right. Mm. All right. <laughs> God. Okay. Sorry. Shart universe. Yes. Shart universe. All right. Excellent. Should it be sharded universe? Because mm. then you're just adding a T to the word shared and making it sharded. I think it sounds punchier, shart. Let's really speculate on the, the value <laughs> of the word. How to frame <laughs> the word shart. 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 Guys, sharted. Guys, shart. check our website to see what we landed on. Ooh. Mystery. <laughs> anyway, sharted. to the next stupid theory. To the next stupid theory. <laughs> uh, so there Guys, are we're really in the doldrums. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't but, know if we get out of them. No, we do. We do. Yeah, no, we do. There's a few shut moments. Uh, the next theory, stupid theory, is that the name of the Avra Kedavra, Avada Kedavra, sure, <laughs> curse. I only read the book, so I, I can Ooh. only say names. Avada Kedavra! La di da. I know. Andrew's I can only, read. Andrew's I've only, only seen, seen the movies. The movies. And I've done both. Oh, so okay. it illustrates how wizards and muggles interacted in the past. So our Lord and Savior J.K. Rowling has said that she <laughs> is, that she uh, based the name of the killing curse on Abracadabra. No. Mm-hmm. You it's sure true. about that? It's true. Also, this is a total sidebar that at work there is a reference book on uh, witches and witchcraft and the first entry in the book is Abracadabra <laughs> which makes me laugh every single time That's I pull it out the nose and yeah. adorable hmm. they were like we have to do it we have to do yeah. it we have to do it and because Reading I know you it. all are curious please and thank you not in there <laughs> the magic words <laughs> <laughs> and we're done I did That's... look because that's who I am. Wrap it up. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. All right. Um, so there are a bunch of theories about the link. Uh, the link between this. Some say that the words widespread use among muggles is a relic of when wizards would attack and kill muggles before the world separated. That's kind oh, of. Oh, sorry. I just strained my eye from rolling it oh, yeah, too much. I know. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, then, then they have the optimistic fans who are like, hey, you know, maybe something's not so bad. <laughs> so they say that this spellcasting uh, comes from its intention and that they theorize that the killing curse could have also been used to kill bacteria or viruses on the human body. You know, a thing very commonly known in the Middle Ages. Yeah. <sighs> I think that J.K. Rowling is a good egg. Oh yeah. yeah, I do. I think she's a good woman. Um, my love of her work has cooled a bit as I've aged. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that it should diminish her accomplishments or, <clears throat> you know, anything that she does. I think she's very inspiring and, and, and awesome. I do need to put her on blast though about <laughs> one thing, which is she 
is very interested and and engages with her fan base, which is very nice. Mm-hmm. But particularly fan theories, like people will will suggest something and she'll be like, "Oh, I've always meant it to be that way," or "Oh, that's a great idea. I love that." It's canon. Put it. Put it in the book. Put it in. Like it's just. It's no chill. Mm-mm. She needs to learn how to smile indulgently and nod and be like, oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is it. Because it, it only leads to madness. Yep. It only yep. leads to ridiculous things like this. Okay. So I'm pretty proud of the way I approach this categorically. I took a really highbrow angle on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there exists a theory in literary criticism called the death of the author, first proposed by uh, essayist and critic. Roland Barthes. So Roland Barthes came with the idea of the death of the author, which, which in simpler terms proposes that in critiquing a work of literature, you don't think about the author's intentions or concerns. I think in this case, that has been done to such a degree that I can only, that I've decided to come up with the category Roland Farts. <laughs> in honor of Roland Barthes and how dumb this stupid <laughs> Stupid fan Yes. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely it. But why are you so into the farts and poop today? I don't know. It's just... Uh... A roll. <laughs> Done. Done. Thank you. Done. Thank you. I love it. Uh, Set. Whew. Very right. scatological over there. Uh, you know. It's okay. That's funny. All yeah. right. Um, <clears throat> what's next? All right. Our next theory is, I would say, probably one of the most famous theories mm-hmm. on this list. Yeah. Uh, that Ferris Bueller is just a figment of Cameron's imagination. Um, that Cameron spends all day laying in bed. Cameron spends all day laying in bed and that he... Oh, my phone just died. Sorry. And um, that in his mind, Sloane is a girl he has a crush on. Ferris is the cool guy that he makes up, who's the idealized version of himself, who can go and ask her out. I don't know much to say about this humor-wise, because I think it's just a really all-put-together thing. This, this is the Citizen Kane of fan theories. Yeah, I agree. Really, yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's uh, it's clever. It yeah. doesn't try too hard, and it inspires others to try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah, it's, it's, great. The best. It's, it's the best. It's, yeah. It well, may be the best. I don't know. It's really good. And you can re-watch the movie through this lens, and it still makes sense, but you could still go back to, yeah. oh, there's Ferris Bueller. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't need it to be a realistic scenario, but this makes it feel like a realistic... Like, it's well, the thing. Yeah. And I think it also taps into, like, what makes a fan theory satisfying and fun, which is, it's sort of just, like, adds an extra little layer of complexity. You can watch yeah. it. Not everything has to line up perfectly. They're not, like, discovering... I mean, this is not us playing, um, you know, music backwards and hearing secret messages. We don't believe that it is true, but it's, it was an interesting way of looking at yeah. the film and understanding the characters. Yeah. And I think the best thing about fan theories is being able to sit and talk with your friends about it. Yay. And, you know, maybe it is fun to shit on, you know, Nemo for 45 minutes. But <laughs> it's also nice to get a good theory in every once in a while. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, you have to, we have to give credit where credit is certainly due. So, you know, good job, Ferris Bueller theorist. theorist. <laughs> Wherever you, you may be. You did it. Also, you might, you might want to, you know, lay off. Some of the Fight Club. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So our next theory, which I know is another one of Mary's most favorite theories, and also a great chance to use my somehow encyclopedic knowledge of Full House, uh, Joey is actually the real father of those kids in Full House. And even Uncle Jesse's kids. Even Uncle Jesse's kids. Uh. All of the kids. Weird. Really? Yeah. What? Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. Really 
out of the theory. Oh my god. Have you ever seen those kids? They're little no. blonde mop tops. Jesus. Both those parents are brunette and their eyes are brown. Mm. Well, no, Jesse's eyes are blue. And that just, just thanks me. Oiko's commercials for letting us know that. <laughs> Leave me oh. me. <laughs> and oh. Oh, Stamos <laughs> with your baby blues. Could drown in those eyes. And the just kids dive into those eyes. Yeah, those eat a thing eat of yogurt. <laughs> terrible yogurt. <laughs> uh, yeah, both those kids are little blonde kids with big old bowl cuts. <laughs> yeah. You know, a bowl cuts is just a precursor to a butt cut. <laughs> just a butt cut that hasn't been parted yet. <laughs> All right. So this theorizes that uh, it makes no goddamn sense that these three men live in one house to. Uh, to raise these three children, one of which is just, you know, your friend. And I never realized that. Yeah, I always yeah, thought they Joey's were like their, both just their friend, supposedly. related in some capacity. No, Joey's not. Jesse oh. is technically uh, the wife's brother, little mm. brother. Um, Encyclopedic. I feel, yeah. I feel like this... Oh, can I give the evidence? Oh, yes, please. Oh, please. Uh, By all means. Danny has a black-brown hair. And Uncle Jesse has black hair, but all three Tanner daughters are blonde. And well, um, DJ's not really blonde. You know, you know. And it's unlikely looking at Jesse to see that the kids would be blonde. You know. So this. So my favorite is how this person just said. So who is blonde? Uncle Joey. Mm. Um, is the milk man blonde? So <laughs> that was one of the points. Is Danny was a morning talk show host and Joey was a comedian who worked nights. So um, it it is obvious. <laughs> so that it's obvious that Joey was working. Mrs. Tanner was making time and babies with Uncle Joey. Okay, <laughs> that was the exact line that somebody wrote. You know wow. what? He's a catchphrase, and he's an adult. <laughs> <laughs> he has multiple catchphrases. Uh, he has multiple full-on mascot costumes. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that re- that kind of comes back to the point I, I I'd like to make that you know again, logically these pieces fit together. Except for the fact that it presumes somebody would have sex with Dave Greenway <laughs> at <laughs> least Alanis three Morissette times. Would. Well, I'm sorry, what? Alanis Morissette. Is it a Canadian Dave. thing? Mm. Yeah, they both Canadian. Do you not know that song? I... What? What? The You Ought to Know song, right? Yeah. That's about Dave Coulier? Yeah. We are introducing Andrew to a whole new wide world right now. Welcome to the world, son. You <laughs> thought you you thought you were in a room that you see when everything's going on. We just flipped on the lights. Yeah. Whoa. Um, yeah. Have you ever gotten a blowjob in a movie theater? Dave Coulier has. Violetta's more set. God damn it, Kelly. <laughs> oh. I oh. I would like to say okay. So <laughs> this this thing. Is, <laughs> God, I'm sorry, I'm not done yet. <laughs> um, this theory is is stupid, but I also want to point out that it's totally believable these people would live together. They live in a painted lady in San Francisco. Yeah, rent is expensive. They all have to live. I mean, I would think that they would all be like in tiny houses in that backyard potentially. But like they're like me in your backyard. Never, uh, uh, never nope, in a million nope. years. Heck, key to your house. Heck, no. And I saw that you guys have an outlet on your garage. Yeah. I could plug my tiny hey, don't, house don't, right don't in. Don't go advertising that. <laughs> now everybody's going to want to put their tiny house back there, and none of you can. <laughs> um, so, 
Uh, this theory's stupid. What do we? What do we think? What do I, we think? I didn't even take the time to make up category. I just, I just I wanted think... to insult Dave Cooley, and now I, I've reaped the uh, well, consequences I think, I think of the, that. Uh, I think the category might need to be you ought to know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. It should be. Also, oh, this I might wish be. I f- didn't. I really wish I didn't. <laughs> this might be a first that all three of us were just like, I'm gonna give this one a pass. <laughs> Don't want to give this one a. Th- well, yeah. I like gave it like a pity full on Monet, yeah. but it's not quite right because it does. I mean, like it has some hold. It's not a total mess. Yeah. Um. So I, I think we I think we should on the fly call it. You ought to know. You ought to know. Sure. You ought to know. Don't really know what it means. And you ought to know, and the you in that sentence is Andrew about Dave Cooley. <laughs> you ought to know about all kind all kind of business kind of that he's getting up to. Alright, so our next theory is that Dumbledore is death in the Harry Potter series. And so basically it's the tale of three brothers. I am not retelling it. Go read right. a book. Uh, <laughs> Go read seven books. Go read seven books. I don't care. Skip to the last one. Uh, or go watch a movie. Don't care. Go watch eight movies. <laughs> go watch two movies at the very least. It's yeah. split over two. Yes. For reasons. Many reasons. For money reasons. Hey. For, for money that... For <laughs> reasons that, in, that involve popcorn sales. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so somebody has speculated that Voldemort is the first brother who died for power. Servus Snape is the second who died for love. And Harry Potter is the third who greeted death like an old friend. And who is death? Well, Dumbledore is, because he ended up meeting Harry in the afterlife. And this is also, oh, oh and he possessed the Elder Stone, the Elder Wand, the Resurrection Stone, and the Invisibility Coat throughout the series. J.K. <laughs> Rowling has also kind of accepted this of one. Of course. Oh, big shocker Of there. course. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, did someone tweet at me? I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. Um, I think it's more likely that Dumbledore is an estate sale shopper than... <laughs> Death as a the human personification of death. Dumbledore is okay. over at Antiques on Curious right now. Also, like, is I mean, death. He has a job. Like, is death like you know what? Not enough people die and got to take on this headmaster gig as my side hustle. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, here's the thing. This isn't a fan theory. This is the thesis statement of a freshman year English paper. Oh, like you're not, right. It is. Not, oh. It's just so dumb. Somebody somebody has to take research writing and they're like, well. This, person, right. this person's sitting next to the person who's writing the story about how Nemo is about the five stages of grief. I just find this <laughs> and so... And not the demise of the coral reefs, which <laughs> yeah. it clearly is I about. I think that this... I, I came up with the uh, category of Ah, come on. <laughs> as an Occam's razor. Hey. The simplest explanation tends to be best. I really like that one. I like that one, too. It's very hard to say. I just said, sure, whatever. (laughs) I just don't care. (laughs) That's what Uh, all of my theories are. Ah, come on. Ah, come on. come on. Feel the noise. It it rolls off easier than uh, director's cut it out. That's only because you're not doing the Dave Cooley. That's only because we've recently discovered that you are a babe in the woods when it comes to Dave Cooley. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So our next theory is... That Mac, Dennis, and D from It's Always Sunny don't actually look like that. I love this one so it's much. It's so I'm great. Sorry. This is a really good theory. This is like this might be one of the more perfect fan theories. Yeah, so it's like they look really attractive, but they kind of disgust everyone they meet. And the reason why that might be is because they're unreliable uh, narrators and present the audience with the most idealized version of themselves. Mwah! This is what a fan theory should be. Yeah. Simple, hilarious, 
strikes of conversations. Yeah. And it makes sense. And it makes sense. Yep. Okay. Fair so, brand for the show. I think it would delight the writers. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. It, best. Best. It's the best. I also love that all of the great theories we have nothing to talk about because well, it's just yeah, like just this is good. just so good. We're like, yeah. congratulations, you're very clever. Yeah, you are. Who are <laughs> three, you? Person? Three more pats on the back. <laughs> well, these three people find you entertaining. Congratulations. <laughs> now yeah. you can rest easy. <laughs> I think this might actually be the capital V best. The best, mm, yeah. yeah. Um, because it's less famous than the Ferris Bueller one, so maybe I'm less tired of it, but yeah. I also think that it, it actually does completely make sense. Yes. Yeah. And also, it's again one of those things you can watch the show through both lenses and it still be interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Good job, guys. Excellent. All right. So, our next theory is that Sherlock and Spock are related. Sherlock who? Sherlock Holmes. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, because they both use the quote, if you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be true. Ah, oh, come on. Uh, so, <laughs> it's originally from Sherlock Holmes, as you all know, but it's quoted in Star Trek and then quoted again in Sherlock, which they attribute to Spock. <laughs> and like, then... Moffat likes to have fun, guys. <laughs> fun. And then in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. One of the best. Uh, Spock attributes the quote to an ancestors of his. So it's actually canon. You know what? I'm just going to label this. Uh, I went ahead and said Shard Universe because, or possibly Shard Universe. Time will tell. Yeah. Um, because Jesus, come on. Guys. I think it's coattails as old as time. And it's doubly so because these people... So, obviously, Gene Roddenberry is riding on the coattails of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Yeah. And then um, Moffat is riding on the coattails of, well, both of them yeah. simultaneously. Yeah. Kind of like a water ski situation, I suppose. <laughs> but it's it's just so gross. Um, also, I full disclosure, I'm a Star Wars person, not a Star Trek person, because I like to have fun. <laughs> oh, ouch. And I also want to ask, will there be a day when it is not okay to imply that all autistic people are related to each other? <laughs> and can that day be today? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Is Sheldon part of... I think Sheldon's in that family, too. Yeah. I think he's like a second cousin once removed. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I, uh, I call it, so coattails is oldest time, is what I said. And yours was just, oh, come on. Oh, no, mine was a shart universe. Shart universe. Or sharded universe. universe. Mm, 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 mm. Mm. I think it might be coattails. It's because uh, the water ski tipped it in. It was the water yeah, skis that, that tipped a, it. There's just like coattails on coattails on coattails, and it's like all wrapped around each other, and none of these people wrote this. Well, is and the I think, thing. Yeah. I think the other thing that's coattails on coattails is because the new Star Trek movies came out while Sherlock was airing, you know, the They BBC both had version. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, they both had Benedict Cumberbatch, and then, which, by the way, I rewatched that show, and I'm like, oh, I get it now. I get it again. <laughs> I forgot for a little bit, and then I got it again. <laughs> shout, shout out to my other Cumberbitches. <laughs> You're like, no, it's, hell, it's, hell. it's all Martin Freeman. <laughs> I think, also, um, I had a, a brain, my brain was broken moment when I read this theory, and I definitely... I read it. I read it as Spock, but I believed in my heart it to be Data, and I was like, "Come on!" Does Stephen Moffat's misogyny know no end, such that he is going to rather than admit Sherlock was pushed out of a woman's womb, is related to a GD robot? <laughs> <laughs> um, Android. Sorry. Android. I'm so sorry. Yeah. 
Sorry, Star Wars. <laughs> uh, we have robots, and they're adorable, and they bloop. Yeah. We like to have fun. We have um, robots, and they're adorable, and they pretend to be Sherlock Holmes. What? what? Uh, we have robots that don't do that because they're not dorks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well. All right. So coattails is old as time. Coattails is old as time. <laughs> All right. So our next theory, which I believe is one of Andrew's favorites. This is my favorite. Is... I, just, I have a clever category for it. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's really hype it. Yeah. Yeah. Really. It's, do- it, I hear it's guys, a really it's good. Not category. gonna let you down. Not gonna let it's you gonna down. Be really good. All right. Our the theory is that Peter Pan is an angel, <laughs> and that Neverland is heaven, and. Uh, because Peter Pan flies and takes pe- children and holds their hands and takes them away to Never Neverland, which is actually heaven. Because those old those lost boys, who are all boys, girls don't die in this universe, uh, get sorry um, because they don't get older. And you know who doesn't get older? dead people <laughs> their fingernails still grow though yeah and so mm-hmm. they some of the evidence is that they left the ownership or the author left ownership to a children's hospital and he read it to kids when they were terminally ill so they wouldn't be uh, afraid to die hmm hmm if only joss whedon had tackled this literary device maybe <laughs> maybe we'd have a, something to compare it. i mean this yeah a duh i feel like it's sort of this although i do wonder I do wonder if um, Captain Hook or the crocodile is supposed to be Satan. Oh. I think it's Captain Hook. Mm. But then who's the crocodile? Or just a pesky angel. It doesn't have to be the devil. Uh, is not the devil. Is also, not Satan. Just is a not pe- the hey. devil the peskiest angel of them all? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think wow, children wow. go to hell? Yeah. Some Weird. kids must go to hell. Some you know, kids are murderers. I don't believe in hell. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, okay, let, let's let's pause it for a moment. This very sad theory is true. I, I have something I want to say to the Lost Boys and to Peter Pan. All right. Though I never know you at all. Sorry. Though I never knew you at all, you had the grace to hold yourself while others around you crawled. They crawled out of the woodwork and they whispered into your brain. They sit you on the treadmill and they made you change your name. And it seems to me you lived your life like a Fandle in the wind. <laughs> Fandle in the wind. Fandle in the wind. Fandle in the yes. wind. <sighs> All right, let's move swiftly along <laughs> to uh, last theory. Oh, wow. Second last theory. Okay. Last second is that in Toy Story, parents, Andy's parents are either going. Parents just don't understand? They just don't understand. <laughs> that their parents are either going through a divorce. Or his dad is dead. Jesus. And their evidence is that there aren't a lot of pictures around <laughs> of him. And uh, his mom doesn't wear a wedding ring. And my other favorite is that Andy is very attached to his two toys. Both strong male figures. Oof. Who seem to represent <laughs> his missing father figure. I'm going to go back to say, sure, whatever. <laughs> he just does yeah, duh. Yeah. Duh. This isn't a fan theory. This is an observation. Yeah. Oh, come on. I also, what is the the close but no cigar? Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, dads. Yes. 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 Close but no cigar. I think that that's a good that's a good one for this theory. I mean, sure. I don't really. I guess they don't address it. 
Yeah. I, I would say the fact that there are pictures around imply that they are divorced. Also, he wasn't at that birthday party. Divorced. Maybe he's not a good dad. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe there is no dad. Maybe he's a sperm bank baby. Because mm. doesn't she have a little baby? She later? has two kids. She has two kids like at the beginning? Yeah. Mm. I don't know if she has another one later. Sperm bank. There's also the theory, which I think is kind of canon, that she is the little girl who let Jesse go. I think that's actually a very fun theory. I think that yeah. one's a really fun theory. Maybe we should have talked about that one instead. That's but, a much better theory, but then we would just say, best. It's the yeah, best. It's a it's good theory. Best. It's a good theory. The hat's the same. The hat's the same. And he has his hat. She has, he has the... Oh, God. Andy has Jesse's hat instead of Woody's hat. And does that make sense unless his mother had Jesse's hat? It would, but it's nice to speculate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fun to make things up, guys. <clears throat> All right. So our last theory Ugh. is, which I think may be the worst theory, mm. is that uh, the French Prince, prince of Bel-Air. The French Prince. The French Prince of Bel-Air. The French Prince of Bel-Air. Little <laughs> Lord Fauntroy. <laughs> which prince are we talking about, guys? Mm. Man, the little prince. That kid is smug. <laughs> I would like to give if I okay guys if I could have dinner with any literary figure living or dead I might pick the little prince just so I could give him a wedgie <laughs> I really don't care for him I don't care for his tone I don't care for his lip I just don't <laughs> We're talking about. about the prince. We're talking about the fresh prince, Ooh. the one who sent wrapped. Parents just don't understand. Uh, Callback. Uh, Callback. <laughs> Callback to last category. <laughs> Callback to one minute ago. Uh. Uh, so somebody's theorized that Will actually died in the fight at the basketball court in West Philadelphia, and that the taxi driver is actually God, and that uh, he drives a rare cab and he takes Will to heaven, where he works out all of his issues. With his aunt and uncle. As you do in heaven. Mm. That's all God's whole point. Takes yeah. to heaven. He's like, work out your issues. <laughs> and then uh, Will only sees his mother and father on special occasions, which is when they come to visit his grave. Hmm. You know, let's... um, Would you, you guys indulge me? Quick. Uh, let's, let's suppose that this is a truth. We have only indeed... indulged you. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> so far. You don't have to ask. You yeah, know you that know, it's going to happen. Well, you know, I'm a compulsively polite person. And I like the attention of asking. Anyway... <laughs> Humble too. <laughs> so let me uh, let's assume for a second that uh, indeed uh, Will Smith has passed on in this series, and this is a ex- explanation of his journey through heaven. I'd like to to do an honorary reading <laughs> for him. Don't you? <laughs> May you ever grow in our hearts. You are the <laughs> grace that placed itself where lives were torn apart. You called out to our country, and you whispered to those in pain. Now you belong to heaven, and the stars spell out your name. And it seems to me you <laughs> lived your life like a fandle <laughs> in the wind. Okay. <sighs> fandle in the wind is an amazing category, <laughs> but I don't really think that it gets at the, the heart of what I find so despicable about this fan theory, yeah. which is not only do I have to listen to bros brag, about knowing all the <laughs> lyrics to the rap that comprises the uh, opening number. But 
And they are also suggesting that a rich black household is so crazy that it's like has to be an afterlife situation. Like, it can't be real. <laughs> also, a McMansion is heavy. Has heaven? Cool news, guys. Capitalism is super racist. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. I just think it was. I think it's just the worst. It's just the worst. It's just I. As much as I love Vandal in the Wind. Late Lady Die version yeah. for that time. Thank you. Oh, oh uh, purple beanie baby bear white heart, white flower white flower on her <laughs> breast white rose. God, uh, it's just the worst. It's the worst. Also, I just want to start talking about Lady Die, but I'm not going to. <laughs> she's a poor woman who died, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> she's a poor woman that died. Mm. Um, well, she was actually quite rich, I think. Yeah, she was a she, very uh, rich. She Unfortunate lived, I mean, woman. She lived her life. Yeah. yeah. Like a vandal in the wind. Uh, I, I don't know. It feels bad to make this be the worst because it sends out our episode on a wet fart. Should we call it a wet fart? Wet fart. <laughs> Let's take a moment for all of us to make a fart noise and then we'll all say goodbye. All right? <sighs> Let's say goodbye first and then we'll say a, do a fart noise. How about that? All right. Okay. All right, guys. Here are the results of the process. So starting at the tip top, best of the best, creme de la creme, best. Uh, we have the peddler in Aladdin is actually the genie, or also the genie, I guess, that Walter White was Malcolm from Malcolm in the Middle, that Ferris Bueller is, in fact, just a figment of Cameron's imagination, that Mac, Dennis, and Dee from Always Sunny do not look like they do, and that's the best. Um, going below that, we have Close But No Cigar. Uh, that contains Scooby-Doo is about kids trying to escape the draft. And Andy from Toy Story's dad is dead or divorced from Andy's mom. Uh, going, moving on to Coattails as old as time. We have uh, Frozen's Elsa and Anna are Tarzan's sisters. And that Sherlock and Spock are related. Uh, moving to Delusions of Blanger. We have uh, Rugrats. The Rugrats are all figments of Angelica's tortured imagination. That uh, Nemo was an imaginary device uh, slash a part of Marlin's tortured imagination uh, to come to terms with his wife's death and potentially the death of thousands of other children. Um, Going to Fandle in the Wind, we have uh, the idea that Peter Pan is an angel and Neverland is heaven for boys. Um... Under the full-on Monet category, we have Breaking Bad is a Walking Dead prequel. In Jacob's Escalator slash Elevator slash just mode of transportation, uh, we have Sandy died in the beginning of Greece. Uh, ah, comes on. We have uh, Dumbledore is Death in the Harry Potter series. And under Quantum Leaping to Conclusions, we have Jack in Titanic is actually from the future. Uh, under Roland Farts, we have uh, the name of the Avada Kedavra. Curse illustrates how wizards and muggle, muggles interacted in the past. Uh, under Sharted Universe, or Shart Universe, uh, we'll let you know how it lands on the website. Check us out, outrageous, outrageousmechanisms.com slash categorical oracle. Uh, Willy Wonka killed and sacrificed those kids cabin in the wood style. Uh, under wet fart, we have the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is about heaven. Under you ought to know, 
God damn it. <laughs> Under I wish I didn't know about Dave Coulier, we have Joey is the real father of all the kids in Full House, including Uncle Jesse's uh, mop-top blonde little bullheaded children. And finally, under You're Nobody Till Somebody Loves You, we have Eric from That 70s Show is in a coma for half of That 70s Show. So, we did it. They're all categorized, you guys. We did it! Yay! Yay! Remember to uh, check us out at outrageousmechanisms.com slash categorical oracle. Or just, you know, outrageousmechanisms.com. All right, ready? I'm so I'm so I, sorry, Jada Pinkett. I think you're great. I especially love you in Demon Knight. God, after this, it's gonna be Jada Pink Eye. <laughs> I feel very uncomfortable with the concept of farting in Jada Pinkett Smith's face. Just an outrageous, outrageous, outrageous production. production.